Hey friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott and today is Art Book Club Day. We're talking about Censored Art Today by Gareth Harris. It is a short and sweet ebook that you can find over on Amazon and it is a really interesting book. I have my co-host, Visual Nomad, whose name is Jennifer, and we record this podcast every second Sunday over on Twitch. If you ever want to see the live streaming of it, you should go click that link below because it's very fun. And without further ado, here's Book Club. All right, friends and foes, welcome to Art Book Club. I'm here with Visual Nomad. This is Jen. Hello. 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 <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're recording this on uh, Super Foosball Sunday, and it's I'm expecting <laughs> nobody to come to this <laughs> recording of, of fresh work. But you know, <laughs> if you really don't like foosball, but you really like art, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> this mm -hmm. month, we picked, yeah. we read a book that Nomad picked, that Jen picked um, for the first time, mm -hmm. which is very fun. We're reading Censored Art Today by mm -hmm. Gareth Harris. Hello, welcome in. <laughs> um, hey. This book is part of a series of, I believe, five or more books. Um, they're, they're short and sweet, and the series is called Art Hot Topics in the Art World, which... Mm -hmm. I just love as a series title because it feels almost like 90s, like hot topics in the art world. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my brain says it. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of The View, which is a little frightening. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it does. Wow. <laughs> um, but we're not The View. It's all good. <laughs> not The View. We're only artists for a cause. Um, this book was, I liked this book. It was, it was short. It was punchy. It was interesting. Um, I want to read more books in this series. I don't know if they're all by Gareth Harris, but uh, I don't think they are. I think they're by different people. But mm. it's, I liked it. Did you overall like this book? I liked this book a lot, and mm -hmm. I think part of it is because of like the timeliness of it. Like this, this whole series was published. Like in December, I think. Yeah. Um. So it's really, really recent. So like, if you want to read it now, is probably the best time to read it because it's when it's going to be most relevant. Mm -hmm. Um. And I hope they update it. I really do hope they update it over the years to kind of keep it in circulation so that people are talking about these things for sure. It definitely has a journalism sort of feel to it, where I know if I have read. The if I read this book, say again, in like five years, I'm going to be like, oh, that's what was happening at that time. Um, it'll be mm -hmm. like historical in a way. Um, but right now it's just like, oh, that's what's currently going on. And it's interesting. And I learned some things, which was very fun. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we read Takedown, I was like, I know most of this. Like, I'm aware of most of this. But with this one, I was like, some of this is new to me that I just haven't heard from right. in the grapevine. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Same here. Um, we are, it is uh, February 12th today, and I want to, the first topic about this book that I want to chat with you about is um, the topic of shadow banning on Instagram and mm. when it comes mm. to hashtags. Did you know that if you use the hashtag Valentine's Day, you will be like, <laughs> put on a list of sorts of don't show this to people because the tag Valentine's Day has so much inappropriate content attached to it that is just like an auto filter. 
Really? Really, really. Um, so don't use that tag. Interesting. And it's just a great introduction into censorship. Um, huh. It's fascinating how complex algorithms are, especially sure. around Instagram and what tags you use really, really matters mm-hmm. whether you're being shown or not, not even just to that tag that you're using, mm. but to all of your followers. And if you use one tag that has a shadow ban on it, you are therefore censored from other tags and like associated with yeah. those ones forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. And I don't even know yeah. what most of them are. So if you're an artist posting to the gram, make sure you're looking at every single tag you use. Don't just willy nilly be like, oh, this one's popular. No, no. Be so careful. Because mm, I may have done that. So it's interesting. I may have done that this past week, maybe. Mm-hmm. I posted a video for real. And I literally, so I normally get, you know, maybe a hundred views or so on some of my reels. Mm-hmm. Um, and like to start with, sometimes they'll take off. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, I'll at least get that, you know, and I got zero, zero people saw one of my reels. And I was like, Ooh, that's peculiar that like absolutely nobody saw this. That is weird. And so I need to go back through because it's for the new piece that I'm working on and I'm using some new hashtags and I don't know now that you say Valentine's and because of this stuff, that's a, like some of the accounts that have been associated with it. That's why it's kind of been blacklisted. The pieces on Carnival. And so I'm like, oh, great. I could see there being some really like. Interesting images for Carnival, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it could be blacklisted. So I need to go through and check my tags again. I'm so make curious. Sure. Yeah. So like I literally had to post a story so that people that know me even saw it. Like I had some people that like it didn't show up in my timeline. Like none of it showed up in my timeline. I'm like, what? I like I went to go see like I searched yeah. my name to see if like anything had happened and I could find myself. So I don't know. It was weird. It was really weird. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen it. I'm looking at the one you're talking about right now, and I'm like, oh, this nor- this kind of content that you're posting normally would have showed up on my feed because you and I have many interactions. Um, sure. And I'm like, yeah, maybe the carnival thing is. Maybe d- surrealism is. Maybe who knows? Who knows which one it is? Hey, Wendy, welcome in. Um, and the the worst part about this like sort of shadow banning sort of thing is that you it's so challenging to tell because some of these tags you're like this mm-hmm. is very innocent sounding this sounds factual about what you're making surrealism right. um but it's like maybe that one is a tricky one in like diving through every single tag that you use you're like this has worked for me in the past why is it working now i don't understand that's it's it's a lot mm-hmm. it's a lot yeah it's a lot. yeah because like like you said, you know, people that normally see my stuff, you, Cassidy, some other people, mm-hmm. none of them saw it until I posted a story. That's like, that that's, was that's what was crazy to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So censorship. Woo. 
Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's unreliable and it's interesting. I guess it's it'd be fun to start with a more personal question of, have you ever been censored really explicitly where you're just like, oh, really no one is looking at this, not maybe a hashtag is shadowing people from seeing this? Don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, some, like, some of the like, you know, hashtags and stuff, it's like obvious, okay, I probably shouldn't use this. Um, so I usually try to, you know, stay away from those. The ones that I use usually get fairly frequent views so i know that they're at least active and that kind of thing so it's not like um that so yeah and i don't really have any content that's you know like quote-unquote risque or Mm -hmm. you know i i just i don't paint nudes or anything like that so i don't have a tendency to even draw a ban from anybody I had an interesting censorship experience. Um, this was during the election that Donald Trump was, that he won. Um, <clears throat> my brain can't remember what year that was, 2016, something like that. Anyways, um, I had made an abstract yeah. painting. And um, mm-hmm. I only make abstract art. That's just what I do. And I had made one of an ocean scene. It was a uh, commission for some offices. They were like, we like water, we like movement, we like circles. And so I made this like huge painting. It's like six foot by three foot, whatever. And I posted it on Instagram and I had called it Blue Wave. <laughs> and you can imagine mm-hmm. what happened. So I, my brain was just like, this is a painting of a blue wave. Like it's just, it's only a beach. It's like water. There's like circles right. and stuff, right? And so I didn't think two things about it. I, I wrote down in the comments what it was called. I did bad hashtags. I was like, hashtag art, which is terrible. Don't use that. Um, and, and, <laughs> and then I like went and had lunch and I came back and I had gotten many angry like comments and things from people being like, oh. get your politics out of my art and blah, blah, blah. And like, I was like, what the heck wow. is going on? <laughs> like, it was like really a stretch. And then someone, more than one people had like flagged my art as inappropriate. And that was oh, wow. a really weird censorship. So I, that's, huh. it's an interesting thing, censorship. It's like, okay, does this follow? a terms of service rules that the you know the platform is putting Mm. out or are you censoring things you just don't like as a user and flagging it so that the creator Mm. has a hard time like as a weapon or are we i don't know like it's fascinating Mm. yeah Yeah, because at that point it becomes subjective and yeah like how how strictly does something like Instagram hold to TOS, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it comes to stuff like that, like people submit a complaint and they're supposed to run through, you know, the test of TOS, does it pass or not? And then we do something. And to me i don't care if you have a dissenting opinion about my work mm-hmm. like i obviously put it out there for commentary if i did that you know that's you know that's neither here nor there um but like for you to literally like quiet me 
because you don't like my opinion? Like, that's where I find it a bit dangerous, you know? Right. Um, and, and, and again, I, I think that's what this book really does a good job of is bringing up that it's, it's not so cut and dry because you could argue, well, then what about hate speech? You uh-huh. know, that's speech that we don't want out there. It's horrible. It's awful. And it's like, okay, where do we draw that line of what do we consider? Yeah, I think the First Amendment is one of those things. It's like all speech is not protected speech. Like they've listed things as hate speech for a reason. They've explicitly said hate speech is not protected. So yeah, like who gets to decide that? Um, I mean, they get into that a little bit with um, museums and stuff Mm -hmm. and like them being purveyor of, you know, education and information for people um, that they can come in, you know, take from and people hope that that information is accurate, you know, Um, and how, yeah, like how they've, they felt like they've had to self-censor in some respects, depending on what country they're in um the the you know the pieces that they put up um you know i went to the the uh maplethorpe yeah went to the maplethorpe exhibit at the guggenheim Mm -hmm. and i know he's gotten massive amounts of kickback because of his work like people that like museums that have tried to um exhibit his work have really 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 gotten ranked over the coals for it there was a big thing at moma i think where he was supposed to be exhibited and they pulled down his exhibit um i was able to see it at um at the guggenheim but yeah like i i don't know like how do we how do we even entertain that conversation like invite people into a conversation about these people, places, things, art that we are looking at, you know? It's um, delicate. And it's yeah. case by case. Mm-hmm. I love a line in this book. I forgot what page it's on, but it talks about, um, you know, where is the line between curatorship and censorship? Mm-hmm. Um, at, at what mm-hmm. point is a curator whose job it is to make a collection that's interesting, that's 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 interesting essentially um and you know when do you put things in a storeroom and when do you show things off and when you know at these take years and years of planning is it the curator's fault is it if it goes awry (laughs) if if it's seen as not great and it's morality is interesting (laughs) right and purity is interesting and it's um yeah. yeah yeah i i'm not of the opinion that um there shouldn't be censorship i think there should be censorship um but it's it's case by case and who sets those guidelines and you have to do it for yourself and it's complicated and i don't feel like the idea was resolved in this book um in a way where i'm just mm. like mm, no nailed it yeah right um i think it's ever evolving Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I was just looking through what I'd highlighted, and one of the instances was at uh Cleveland Museum, which is just north of me, and I didn't hear about this when it happened, surprisingly enough. Um, but apparently um you get into instances of racial justice, that kind of thing. This exhibit was shut down because the mother of the victim, so this artist had made a piece about um, racial injustice and had used the the image of her son during the altercation where he lost his life mm-hmm. as part of this art piece. And, um, and she, you know, said, I'm sorry, I, I can't, this being the last image of my son, I can't allow this to be put into a museum. This is not one, how she wanted to remember him. And I don't know. She wanted him to be used as a lever in that conversation. Just everybody that's like that's their right if they choose to use that or not as a platform um just because it happens doesn't mean you automatically have to become an activist you know mm-hmm. um and so um they talked about this in the book did the, the artist respect that and did they take it down mm-hmm. yeah uh they did ended up taking that down mm-hmm. yeah i believe so yeah and then the community got upset because they were saying that the museum was censoring this artist, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it becomes this, and, and this ties into another thing, which was monuments and statues and memorials that have been put up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know what's in Seattle. I've lived in Nashville. I lived there for 11 years. If anybody has been there, they know the monuments that are around Nashville proper. One of them is off of the highway 65 South. Um, it is of a Confederate general on a horse. It's massive. It's like 30 feet high. Wow. Um, and as you drive through town, you see this, there are Confederate flags that are up around this thing. It's painted gold. It's this, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Most of the people there do not like it. It is on private property. This mm-hmm. gentleman owns that property. He decided to build this memorial. And it is illegal to be on his property and to face this piece. Now, yeah. the government has gone back and forth with the easement on the highway. And has basically threatened to claim that land as an easement through the state. And that has caused issues as well. There was one point where they let the trees grow up around it so you can see it. Oh, wow. And that's gone back and forth as well. And then there was a bust of another Confederate general in the state house. And people, while I was there, people called for that to be removed from the rotunda. Mm. Um, And so... There's those movements of 
there's an undercurrent in those towns of division of deep Southern division from the Confederacy there being involved with some of those communities, working in some of those communities, see the pain that it causes them to see those things be put on, like what they said in the book and on a pedestal, Mm -hmm. like to be literally almost deified by making a statue of it yeah like you can claim it's art to me this is the thing you can claim it's art and i understand the intent behind it is 90 percent of it like they talk about other pieces like one that was in new york city jefferson that was taken down it was commissioned by a gentleman who was um a jew And he knew how much Jefferson had done for religious rights. And that's why he had it commissioned. It wasn't because of all of the other things that are attributed to Jefferson being a slave owner, all of that. And so there's this push pull. It's never, I think when we look at it, we realize as human beings, none of us are perfect. There are all things that we've all done that we're not proud of. Mm-hmm. That if we're brought to light, we would all be like, okay, we're horrible human beings, you know? Um, yeah. None of us deserve a statue, you know, <laughs> when yeah. it comes down to it, you know? Um, so it's, it's, again, it comes back to where do we draw that line? Like, what do we deem so egregious that, that nothing like that gets put up? Like, topple your statue or like they did which i thought was really interesting that they kind of came to the conclusion in some communities they build a section in the town where those statues are moved to they don't get destroyed but they're they're sequestered to another area of town that you have to go and make a trip to go see them actively see them them versus Right. right having them just you know on your coffee walk um yeah, it's this book kind of goes through what it's like when, like the case of the statue by the highway that you were just talking about, where it's on someone's private property, it's privately owned, um, and it's being forced onto the viewers of everyone who drives on that freeway. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's. Yeah. My brain says it's ultimately, you know, that person's property and. Um, a, a government can widen your freeway and get an easement on it and therefore censor it. But is that, is that within, is that right for that person's, you know, thing, even that person's statue, even though right. it's like right. it's <laughs> hurting people psychologically and, you know, it's, it's part of repression. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, to take in the idea of ownership and the artist intent and like it's every single quote unquote problematic item object artwork is has to be evaluated independently of all these different factors and then making a judgment on it. It's you're not going to make everyone happy. And what is the morally good line here? Mm. It's tricky. It's yeah. tricky. Um yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like after reading this book, I'm like, all right, so maybe we shouldn't idolize anyone. Like, you don't name streets after yeah. people, don't make statues of people anymore. 
Right, right. <laughs> Maybe just going forward, we stop doing that. But also, also, we have artwork that is political and artwork that that has big messages that does you do want to make artwork of certain figures of certain people of certain situations it's it's fascinating i i've been really thinking about the feeling of artist intent when it comes to controversial mm. artwork because if you have an artist who's making mm. something political now you can talk to them about it. You can talk to the artist now and be like, what did this mean to you? Why did you make this? And I think that matters a lot. Um, but also, you have to come up with the... You have to take into consideration people just coming across artwork without the artist's explanation next to it, right? And I, mm. in a very innocent way, I come across this with my my abstract artwork all the time where, you know, people are going to take their own interpretation of whatever I'm making with just shapes, nothing, <laughs> just shapes, and they make their own mm. stories about it. It happens to everything anyone ever looks at. And sure. I, it's, it's a balance. And then, you know, you go backwards and you go into the past and you're looking at artwork where the artist has been dead for many, 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 many years and there's no like written or you know record of what they intended about an artwork and does the artwork change based off of current events does the artwork still have mm. the original motive that it once ahead is it different now because time has passed mm. and events have happened like it's complicated <laughs> right well i you know i think about uh right now the conversation around uh go gone mm -hmm. and his pieces um yeah you know short synopsis of him he was an artist that went to the west indies i believe is where i think a so. lot of his work is done and um you know it's of it's nudes of women and young women mm -hmm. and you come to find out that he slept and manipulated most of these women you yeah. know most of his uh and and he died of syphilis because of it. Um, he was, by our standards today, not a very good human being. Right. His time was a different time. Uh, that is a sad tale that happens all too often in colonization. It is what it is. Now, do we take his work and relegate it to a museum storage locker because of that mm, i don't know do right. we lessen the conversation about him i don't know mm -hmm. don't know it's uh, uh complicated she she talked about this in takedown which is a book we read a couple of months ago which is also about censorship um and it's can you separate the thought is can you separate what a person mm, yeah. does and what they what they make versus what they do can you can you separate the art versus the artist or the author versus the written work or whatever and at at what point do we judge people versus versus on what is good about them versus what is not good about them and can you separate their characteristics in that way and uh, it's like right i feel like i could study this for a hundred years and not come up with a solid answer i i don't think any of us get through life unscathed without mm -hmm. doing something bad like it, it we all have our 
again, less than fine moments. We're mm-hmm. human. Um, we don't always make the best decisions. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard. Because on, on that, it's like, well, you know, you come back to that. Who are, who are you to sit here and say that, you know, what I'm doing is wrong when you've done X, Y, Z. Like, right. it becomes a finger pointing thing. And it's just a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. everybody pointing fingers at everybody else you know and that doesn't benefit anybody and again i think it needs to come back to how do we create a conversation around these as opposed to trying to find an answer let's talk about it let's not let it be this unspoken undercurrent of a community if you live there you know about it if you visit you may not like the stuff in new orleans and that kind of stuff yeah tourists don't know about that but people that live there do Mm -hmm. you feel that every day same with nashville there was a lot of stuff that you you just felt and um so it's a very different conversation that you have in like especially places that have tourism it's tough because some of those things are what draw people to them. It's like, how do you tell the people like that their jobs are dependent on this bringing people to them? Mm-hmm. How do you tell them, well, we're going to tear this down or we're going to move it or we're not going to make it publicly accessible anymore. Right. Because we don't want this to be the image of our town. You know, um, that's, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. What I really wish this book went into, I, I feel like I've been looking for a book that's going to be about what it, about this idea, but I just haven't read it in any of the censorship books. But I, I feel like lately in internet culture, I've been, especially around artwork, um, I've been noticing a strong sense of purity and purism and mm-hmm. anything that's not explicitly pure or good is therefore bad and should not be seen or made and i Mm. i want a book about this and censored art today doesn't really go into it um but i Mm. I, that's the book i want to read next after reading this book um expound on what you mean by the concept of purity okay so like if a painting is about like BDSM or something like that, where like like a sex act, okay. um, and okay. it depicts that maybe it's an oil painting, whatever it is, and therefore must be censored on the internet. And you know maybe it has mm. like a tap to see this somewhat censored content, and you're like that's fine. But then you see people usually, I've been noticing like younger people in their twenties or lower being like this is terrible. You're um like a pedophile or something like that. They'll say something like that and you mm. deserve to die and things like that. I see a lot of this mm. on the internet and this is a different kind of censorship that's about, you know, being morally righteous and that's a book I want to read. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think they they kind of get into it in this, mm-hmm. in the conversation around um, Cuba Yes. And, oh. <laughs> um, I think Spain is another one um, that they talk about. But yeah, there are a few different places that they talk about uh, where, yeah, the the church has a, 
has a very strong hold on government and ideology in those countries. I did uh, not know that you needed to register to be an artist in Cuba. I that shocked me. I was like, I had no idea. I, what I had no idea either. I had no idea any of that was going on yeah. in Cuba. Holy cats! Um, and I and I think there's a reason for that. Cuba is very very tight lipped about their country. Only mm-hmm. good things get out. Mm-hmm. They're very particular about the media that gets out about them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the embargo that we have on them, it's a huge black eye on, on them that we won't even trade with them. Right. You know, um, and we have it since 1950, whatever, you know, um, yeah, just to see the lengths that those artists have to go to in order to out their work. And, and it's interesting. So my question is, in all of this, mm-hmm. they didn't have this oppression being put on them by their government, by the people in the communities and stuff, especially in Cuba. I think a lot of it is pressure from the community themselves because they're very religious. Yeah. Um. If they didn't have that, what kind of work would they make? Because their work is very politically driven. I think of people like Shepard Ferry. Um, a lot of his work is very politically driven. What would what would the what would the subject be? Yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah. That would take I would, generations. I would love to be able to ask them like know if you didn't have a politically charged you know hacking to your work what would you just create if you sat down and created like what would it be oh i'd love to know the answer that's what i want to see yeah i want things to get to that point where people are just creating what they want to create not creating because they feel like they've got the outlet to have a voice for people that can't be heard Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah this so this book was good (laughs) Mm -hmm. i would i would recommend reading it i would recommend if you're if you're unsure about the sort of censorship that's happening in the art world today you should read this sooner than later because i'm sure there will be an update to this book probably in two years i I would hope so i'm gonna i'm gonna send an email to gareth and be like hey (laughs) can i part two um yes uh yeah, I I feel like with this topic you can you can talk endlessly about it and mm-hmm. you know clarify your own ideas and there's not going to be a satisfying conclusion to it probably ever. Yeah. Do you have one question? Yeah, what's that? I can ask. Okay, so one of the questions I have written down is I know the book discusses suppression of LGBTQ plus artists yeah. and illiberal democracies. Have you seen it happen here in the states? Oh, uh, if I, I think of course, I think of course it's happened. In my own limited experience of the world, I think that it happens. It shows up most in self censorship in artists. Okay. Um, it, Seattle is a very open city when it comes to the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, and. I feel like there's a lot of creative freedom there, but you know, in in individual artists' lives, it's it's less so. 
it, it depends yeah. on who your parents are, who your family is and things like that. Sure. But uh, sure. I, it, the answer has got to be yes. I, like we've moved forward, but I don't think forward enough. I, I feel like, okay, so I'm going to go back to the mm. whole purityism. So I see a lot of mm. content on the mm-hmm. internet about, um, y- you know, that has queer artwork and it gets told off more. I see more hate comments on it. I see more... Mm. Um, just rigidity against these sort of expressions being, you know, let out artistically. Mm. And I I wish it wasn't, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it is. Right. What, what do you think about it? I go back to the Maplethorpe exhibit. Yeah. I think that's one way. You know, MoMA, um, the Met, they're supposed to be the bastion of American art culture. Yeah. And if they're refusing to show work from a, a world-renowned photographer because of the content that he has put in his artwork, I mean, I, I know that it was not super recent, but I mean, Keith Haring ran into it. Mm-hmm to some extent, even though he had a huge media push. Um yeah, like him, Andy Warhol, uh Jean-Michel Basquiat, the three of them I think moved the goalposts for sure and made it more mainstream to be able to express yourself in that way. Yeah. Um because they were open about the relationships that they had and that kind of thing. And I mean, Keith Haring passed away from AIDS because of his sexual practices. I mean, I don't, I don't think he would argue that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, like, I, again, I, I think it, it, like you said, it has to still be going on. Yeah. The comments that we get, I can't, or that people get on their work, I can't imagine that it doesn't go on yeah. to some extent. I think that, you know, we've been talking about how censored the internet is lately, but I also think that the, censor- the mm-hmm. internet's much more open and accessible lately. And, you know, they're that just having a global access where it's not, you don't just have to get in a gallery to show your work out into the planet. And right. it's a lot better in that mm-hmm. one niche. <laughs> But it's it's still not great, and um, that's why. You well, and there's there's a lot of work that has to be done in that too. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you can have your own website, and it won't be censored because you run it. Right. I'm short of maybe your internet service provider or your, I mean, your website provider mm-hmm. saying no, we won't let you post this. But I don't think I've ever seen one do that. Um, but getting people to see that is a whole different situation. Yeah. You don't have the base that Instagram has or Facebook has or anything like that. You know, you have to build that and that's tough. Um, so it does to some extent censor some people just because of how obscure it is to try to find them. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you know about them, you don't find them. Yeah. There are definitely artists that I have been following since I was a teenager, and sometimes I have a hard time finding them on the internet. Like, they mm. won't show up in my search engines because they've been mm. censored from one thing or another. And then, you know, two months later, they might be searchable again. And ah, it's just, mm. we're going to go around and around. Any other questions? 
I feel like this has been good. What's your take on cancel culture? (laughs) (laughs) What's my take on cancel culture? Uh, I don't know. I feel like if you've been listening this far into the episode, you already know my takes on cancel culture. It's implied. Um, I think canceling people is really aggressive and Hmm. there's no one facet to any one person. People are morally gray, just all over the place. <laughs> and and if someone does something terrible and they apologize and they make actionable steps to change, then I'm not going to be canceling them. You know, mm. um, you cast the judgment on other people that you have to cast on yourself. I, mm-hmm. yeah. What's your take on mm. cancel culture? <laughs> I, I think it's dangerous. Oh. I think it's dangerous. Um, I think it's more of we need to learn how to have conversation. I think that's one thing that um, the internet has fostered is this idea of if I don't want to talk to you, I can turn the computer off or I can shut the program down. Mm -hmm. Um, They feel like they can do that with people in real life. Mm -hmm. And you can't. You can't do that. Yeah. You you cannot silence a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm older than you. I come from a little bit different era in the fact that, um, that we had a rough upbringing. I mean, we didn't have all the safety features on our cribs and that kind of thing. And, and people said horribly inappropriate things around us as children you know yeah and um uh, so we have a bit thicker skin and aren't as quick to be like no you're done you know we understand a little bit better that you know like you said people are morally gray like you, everybody needs a little wiggle room we're not perfect mm-hmm. you know um, and to think that you can sit there and go, no, that's enough. You're done as a human. Like, literally people are, their livelihood is being shut off. They're literally being ended as a human being. And that's horrible. It's that's intense. Absolutely horrible. Like talk about brutality in other ways. That's horribly br- brutal to do to somebody, you know, um, I don't care if they put themselves out there as a public figure or not. Nobody deserves to be treated that way. Like you're still a human being. (laughs) (laughs) I can think of several people that I have like canceled in my own brain where I'm like, I don't want to interact with their content. I don't want to interact with whatever they are producing. I don't want to watch things that they're in. I don't want to like, in my mm-hmm. brain, I'm like, this person has done things that I don't like and I don't want to interact with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I, I'm not going to be talking about it on Twitter, <laughs> but, but I, I don't know. It's right. interesting. It's interesting. It, Cancel culture is weird. Censorship. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's made us all a little harder towards each other, which is sad. Yeah, um, I think people feel more isolated than they've ever felt because of that. They're afraid to step out, afraid and to say something wrong. Somebody, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
and and that's horrible like we should never feel like we have to walk on eggshells around everyone wherever around like that's people can't live in that kind of stress you know it's true it's true yeah i uh before i started this podcast i was like i hope someday that have something i say on this podcast doesn't come back to bite me in the ass but you know it probably <laughs> will <laughs> it's fine it's well fine. i'm sure i said a few things <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> cancel culture is interesting. Maybe we can have another discussion about it some mm-hmm. other time. This was mm-hmm. this was good. Um overall I'm gonna I'm reading this book five out of five. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And um yeah. it's pertinent, it's interesting, it's short and sweet. I read it on an airplane mm-hmm. ride. Like it's great. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I give it a five out of five as well. I, I I'm glad that they made a series of these focused on different things. That mm-hmm. I think it's it's needed. You know, um, there are so many different areas of the art world that you know, like they said, the hot topics that are really important. You know, they affect you know working artists. You know, like they have one about art fairs and that whole deal that goes on and. Uh, I would really like to dig into that one at some point too. I'm definitely um, gonna put the rest of the books on the on the list of potential. List. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, excellent. It's like, yeah, these are these are conversations I think that we're all having between ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I think I, I love short but sweet pieces like this where you can just kind of get the gist of everything and, and really have some good stuff to kind of chew on afterward. Heck yeah. All right. Well, that's been Censored Art today. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's time for the next book. So mm. next we're reading just a massive, large book. This book is 950 mm. pages. This is Ninth Street Women. What? I didn't realize it was 900 pages. What? 950 pages. I'm sure the last 25 pages are just notes, um, but it's a behemoth. <laughs> Stevie, that's more books than I read in a whole year. What so, in the world? <laughs> I have read this book in the past, actually. This is a book I've... Mm. I um, I only got through the first half of it. So okay. here's my proposal, Nomad. I think you should read the first half of the book, and I'll read the second half of the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we'll come together? And we'll come together, and we'll, we'll work our way through it. Um. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I already know that this is a good book. It's interesting. It's got good okay. stories. You're gonna like it. I'm gonna like mm. it again. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll come back on second Sunday in March and talk about Ninth Street Women um, by Mary Gabriel. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Nice. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Woo-hoo. Look at us doing our book club. We did it. Okay. No right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Visual Nomad for joining me today for Art Book Club. If you want to come to the next book club, it's on second Sunday in March at 3 p.m. Pacific time over on twitch.tv slash cheersteph. For the next month, we're going to be reading Ninth Street Women by Mary Gabriel. This book is kind of a behemoth. It's, it's very large. It's very good. There's fun stories about the women who lived on Ninth Street over in New York and I think you're going to like it. I've read it once before, but I didn't finish it. So we're going to, it's going to be a continuation for me, a new book for Jen. And I think you're going to like it. So make good choices, everyone. I hope you like the book and uh, see you next time. Bye.